everyone mr flow back for episode 8 on our flow cast directly from soundcloud.com slash flow underline cast so today we have a very contentious a very polemic topic to discuss about and the topic is phrasal verbs and my question is are you familiar with phrasal verbs do you think they're difficult do you think they're easy what is your connection with these words and tonight we're gonna simplify your life about it. Don't worry, many people who study English, they do suffer with phrasal verbs. They think it's a crazy topic, it's one of the most difficult things, the most traumatic topic to be studied in English. But here on Flowcast tonight, we're going to change this. We're going to help you understand what is a phrasal verb, when to use it, how to use it, what is the function, right? Why we use these things, and, of course, we're gonna have a list with the top 10 phrasal verbs for today. Also, don't forget you can share your phrasal verbs with me and we prepare a second list in a future episode of Flowcast, okay? Because learning phrasal verbs is a way for you to expand your possibilities in English, expand your communication skills. Last week, we talked about expansion. We talked about expanding your horizons, expanding your perception using languages. So, let's use phrasal verbs today to do it, to expand our possibilities and to flow even further. So, don't forget, flow is online every day from Monday to Friday on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, on our blog, on Spotify, on Flipboard, here on SoundCloud, on YouTube, and many, many more. And if you want to learn more with us, if you want to connect directly to Flow, flowonline.com.br is the place to be. Because there you can register yourself for a free class anytime, anywhere you want to, and with your favorite teacher, of course. So join us on flowonline.com.br and be a part of this word of flow. So, moving on, what is a phrasal verb, guys? Let's start with this conversation because I think it is like not essential for you to know what is a phrasal verb, but it helps big deal because it'll help you identifying phrasal verbs. It'll help you knowing when to use, how to use, what positions you can use this and everything else. So, to get you aware of that, a phrasal verb is just a connection between a verb and a preposition. Of course, that we have different types of this connection. We have two verbs with one preposition, one verb with one preposition. This is the most basic form. We have one verb with two prepositions, two verbs, two prepositions. We have a few possibilities, but it's always a verb and a preposition together. And when we do this, we create something new. That's the interesting part about, for, about phrasal verbs, because you have, for example, the verb uh, to turn, and you understand the idea of turning, right? It's like a moving 
to different directions, basically. And then you have the preposition on, like from the book is on the table, a very famous phrase. And then you have turn on and you create the idea of starting something, of activating something, such as please turn on the TV, right? So you create new possibilities, create new options for your communication by connecting verbs and prepositions together. And I don't know if you have watched our episode of Flowcast on the Triad of English. It was one of the first ones, maybe episodes three or four, I don't remember right now. But there, when we discussed about the Triad of English, we explained exactly this. We have vocabulary as the first pyramid of, uh, sorry, the first pillar of communication. We have structures as the second pillar of communication. And finally, we go to prosody being the final pillar of our communication, right? Vocabulary, all the words we know, all the options we have to give names and characteristics to things, structures, the way we organize our ideas, and the prosody, the rhythm, the intonation we give to our communication. And when we think about phrasal verbs, we're thinking about vocabulary. That's it. No big deal. Nothing special about it. It's just vocab. Okay, guys? And to get you more connected with this, let's start our list, shall we? And the first phrasal verb in our list is the phrasal verb to barge in. This idea of barging in, take a look at the example and maybe you will find out. The meeting was underway when a small group of people barged in and asked everybody to leave. So, there was a small group, they barged in and they asked everybody to leave the room. So, can you identify what is this idea of barging in? It is, as you may have figured, very similar to the idea of invading, of entering abruptly, quickly, without giving notice. So, when you enter without knocking, without asking for permission, you are barging in, okay? And this was the first phrasal verb in our list. So, let's keep going. The second one in the list is the phrasal verb to look like. And why is it so important to put look like here? Because it shows us how phrasal verbs are very much similar to any other word we have in our vocabulary. Because the phrasal verb to look like has two meanings, two possible meanings. And it all depends on the context, though, right? The phrasal verb look like in the first context will be it looks like we'll have a rainy weekend, don't you think? So it looks like we'll have a rainy weekend. It seems we're gonna have a rainy weekend, right? The second option, though, it is she looks a lot like her parents, both in appearance and personality. So she looks a lot like her parents brings the idea of being similar to you, of bearing similarities to someone or to something, right? So depending on the context, we have the idea of to seem or to be similar to, okay, they are closely connected, but they're still different, right? Phrasal verbs also depend on context. So if you learn to identify the context, if you learn to make a good reading of your context, don't worry. Phrasal verbs will not be traumatic to you. They will not be a hard task for you to understand. And as we are talking about the verb to look, we have one more possibility with the verb to look, which is to look after. And to look after is very close in meaning to taking care of such as in the example. I asked my friend to look after my cats during my trip next week. 
So I asked my friend to look after the cats, to take care of the cats during my trip next week, right? It's to be responsible for, to take care of. Very interesting, one more possibility for the verb to look, but now connected with a different preposition. We have two examples here using the verb to be in a second part to create our phrasal verb. The first one is to be pissed off, and this is very, very common when we're communicating in English. To be pissed off is very similar to be annoyed, to be angry at something, such as in the example, she got pissed off with all the jokes and left the place. So if she gets pissed off with anything, she will leave. She doesn't want that anymore. She wants that to stop. So she left the place, right? And the second one is to be fed up. To be fed up is very common as well. We use it all the time. And it means to be annoyed, to be tired of something, not to want something anymore. And the example we have is, after many days studying the same topic, he got fed up and took a break. So he was doing the same thing for many days and then said, oh no, my God, I can't handle it anymore. I am fed up. Took a break, right? The next one, one of the most famous, I'd say, it is the phrasal verb to give up. It is similar in meaning as the verb to surrender. So here we have a phrase that might become a new episode of Flowcast very, very soon. Many people think surrendering is a sign of weakness, but giving up requires a lot of strength, in fact. So, giving up requires a lot of strength. Surrendering requires a lot of strength, right? This is the idea of giving up, and, well, I believe you could already notice how the context influence on the meaning of our phrasal verb, how the context is important for us to identify what our phrasal verb means, right? If you are not paying attention to that just yet, maybe you should be reading more so you can start creating these connections. One of the best ways for you to create more possibilities in your English is by receiving more, by connecting more with the language. This is what some people call the input idea. So read more, listen more, and by absorbing more from the language, you will be able to perceive new connections, perceive new possibilities, okay? Moving on our list, we have the phrasal verb to call off. Call off is extremely similar to the idea of canceling, all right? So if you wanna cancel something, you can say you are gonna call, you're gonna to, you're gonna call off, okay? So an example here is, I'm sorry I'm, I'm talking to you on search short notice, but we'll need to call off our meeting today. Let's get back in touch tomorrow, okay? So we'll need to call off our meeting today. We'll need to cancel our meeting today, all right? Next up is run away. Run away is very famous. We have songs with this word, with this phrasal verb, right? This expression, it is used very, very commonly, and it is closing meaning to the verb escape. So the question is, have you ever run away from home when you were a young kid? Many young kids did this, right? I do not recommend it doing that, but that's the question for you to get the example. Run, have you ever run away from home when you were a young kid? And next, we have two phrasal verbs using the same verb again. We have the verb to pass. 
The first one is pass away. Pass away is used as a euphemism, as a way for you to soothe and for you to make less strong, less dense the idea of the verb to die. So one of his relatives passed away yesterday. That's why he's absent at work today. Passed away is this idea of dying, but not so strong, not so heavy as the verb to die, okay? And the next one, please do not confuse, is the phrasal verb to pass out, to lose consciousness, to faint, all right? So pass out, we can say, I was afraid they would pass out from drinking too much at the party. I was afraid they would pass out from drinking. I was not afraid they would die, no, I was just afraid they would faint, they would like uh, lose their consciousness, right? Start sleeping or something like this. Pass out, all right? And with all of these examples in hand, my question to you goes back. Why do we use phrasal verbs? If you ask me, it is for us to create new possibilities. Some possibilities are used to simplify our message. Some possibilities are used to give, to use an as, sorry. Some possibilities are used as a euphemism, right? To make things less heavy. Some possibilities are used just because we like alternatives and so on. So don't hesitate in using phrasal verbs in your daily routine because they are just a bunch of new vocabulary for you to expand your possibilities. And talking about expanding, I would love to expand this list with your suggestions. So please, share with me what are your favorite phrasal verbs, which ones you use the most, which ones you have more difficult with, which ones you are curious to learn more about. Share with me here in the comments, share with me in the other social medias, whatever, but please share, because I'm eager to create a new episode on phrasal verbs and another list for you guys in the near future, okay? But for now, it's time we go. Flowcast was very, very enriching today, and next week we're back for a very, very, very special topic. We're gonna talk about leadership next week, so I'll see you then. Bye-bye, have an amazing weekend, Mr. Flow is out.